This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. This powerful six-part message, Faith Will Get Results, is the last and most important of all the programs in Pastor Ray's Faith Series. With practical step-by-step instructions, Pastor shows the listener how to use whatever faith he has in the most productive way possible. Because a truly productive faith doesn't come by merely hearing about it, wishing for it, or even asking God for it. The pathway to a truly meaningful faith that changes things involves developing a lifestyle of faith based on the promises in God's Word. There is great revelation in Pastor's teaching on the relationship between faith and hope and the Bible truth that faith without hope is simply hopeless faith that produces nothing. Pastor's illustration of the nine most important steps in the development of a personal attitude of faith will both challenge and motivate even the most resistant Christian. Here's Pastor with today's message on how your faith will get results. To the non-believer, now listen to me, to the non-believer, the most important subject for them to hear is the message of salvation. But once you get saved... I don't need to hear the message of salvation again and again because I'm already saved. So what would be the most important message for a believer who has already received? And there are some churches, they just preach salvation, salvation, salvation. And really what they do is they preach people into insecurity because people think they need to get saved all the time that are already saved. We make mistakes, we sin, we falter, but we don't need to be saved again. We need to learn how to repent. We need to learn how to ask for forgiveness. We need to learn how to go before God and accept His grace and His mercy, but we don't need to get saved again and again. So the most important message for a non-believer being salvation, what would be the most important message for a believer who comes to know Jesus Christ? Well, my estimation is the most important message for a believer to know is the message of faith. Why do I say that? Well, the verses that we studied and we looked at, we saw verses and in 2 Corinthians, it says we walk by faith and not by sight. So, so we're supposed to be walking by faith every single day of our lives. Um, trusting God, seeking God in faith. We walk by faith. That means we don't, we don't walk by what we see, what we feel, what we hear. We walk by trust and faith in the living God. The other verse that we looked at in, in Romans was that uh, the just shall live by faith. Faith is supposed to be a lifestyle. It's not just a once in a while occurrence, it's a lifestyle. So if we're to live by faith, and God is telling us that we ought to walk by faith, just by those two verses alone, would you agree with me that faith is a really, really important subject for a believer to learn and to know? And yet there are people who are very weak in their faith and and really don't uh, perfect their faith and don't grow in their faith. But yet, faith from my perspective and from what I'm reading from the Bible, is probably, after you're saved, the most important subject that you would ever learn or, or know as a believer. Well, someone would say, well, no, I think the message of love, didn't God say that the, doesn't the word say that the, the greatest of all these is love? 
Well, love is a very important message, but let me tell you what, it even takes faith sometimes to love. It doesn't take love to have faith, but it takes faith to have love because there are a lot of unlovely people. And sometimes I've, I've got to use my faith to love somebody. Am I, am I right or am I wrong? I've got to love by faith because I, I'm not feeling it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? I'm not feeling it. So when I'm not feeling it, I've got to go into faith mode. woo Am I speaking to anybody in this nice church today? So, so faith, to me, is the most important subject for a believer to learn because everything is connected in one way or another back to the subject of faith. Everything, our salvation is even connected to faith. All right? So we hear the message of salvation, but then the next thing we ought to do is to start to really learn about this faith walk. Because the Bible said, the just shall live by faith. We shall walk by faith and not by sight. We're not going to walk by what we see, feel, and hear. We're going to walk by our faith, our trust in the living God. So that takes me to another very important scripture uh, on the same subject about the importance of faith. And in chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So according to Hebrews chapter 11, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, if it's impossible to please God without faith, how many of you would agree with me that faith is a really important subject? See, some people think that your tears somehow impress God and please God, you know, or, or, or some other thing that we do. No, he says that, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because God is a faith God, and He is looking for faith in His people. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to Him must know that He exists, must know that He exists, or He's real, He's alive, and He's living, and He is, but also that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So it's not good enough to say, because some people go, well, I believe in God, I believe in God. Well, that's fine, you can believe in God. And, but you're not expressing faith in the reward part. He says, anyone who comes to God must know that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, so if the Bible says that without it, I can't please God, it would seem to me that having faith is really, really important. Now, the, the, the good thing about this is that you seek God, you express your faith, and God says that he's going to reward you for your faith. He said, anyone who comes to him must know that he exists. You, just have, you have to know more than that God just exists. That he is a rewarder. Everybody say rewarder. rewarder. A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You can't sometimes seek him. You can't halfway seek him. You can't be a once in a while seeker of God. See, a lot of people seek God when they're in trouble. Well, you're not going to turn, you're not going to walk in the blessings of God if you just seek him when you're in trouble. It's amazing how I don't see people for a long time and all of a sudden something happens in their life and I'm the first person they call Come seeking God. Come back to, why are you back in church? Oh, pastor, you don't know the troubles I'm in. Well, you know what I like to tell, tell people? I'm, I'm very compassionate, but I don't always say what I'm thinking. But anyway, you know what I'd like to say? Say, if you had kept yourself in church seeking God, you might not be in the trouble you're in right now. Because according to what, I, what my Bible says is that without faith, it is impossible to please him. And anyone who comes to him must know that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him by faith. 
You diligently seek Him by faith every day of your life, you're going to come up with a reward. Seeking God diligently brings reward after reward after reward into your life. But seeking Him in faith, you must use your faith to connect with God. Faith is what takes what's in the realm of God in the spiritual realm and it brings it into this natural realm. So without faith, it's impossible to please Him. You can't please Him without faith. So wouldn't you agree with me that faith is a really, really important subject? And a lot of people are trying to please God with their acts and their, with their works and with their tears and their crying. And that doesn't please God. That's just works of flesh. What pleases God is when a person, when a human being, when one of His children begin to trust Him in faith. When someone rises up and says, God, I believe you over anything else. And I, I diligently seek you. You see, you see, a lot of times you, people look at me and they, they think that I just arrived here like all of a sudden one day all of this just happened. No. This took years of faith and diligently seeking God. I mean, I, mean, I was expressing faith and diligently seeking God in the good times as well as the not so good times. In the easy times as well as the hard times. In the bright days and the sunny days as well as the dark and rainy days. In the up days as well as the down days. Steadily, diligently seeking God in faith and holding ground that God you said that you would reward my faith. And all of a sudden the reward of the Lord started to fall into my life. What you see today is is the reward of God after having expressed years of faith and patience and diligence. Anybody who will trust God in faith. And you say, that's the problem most people. Most people don't want to put, because you know, you know what this, you know, in other words, it's synonymous with this, diligently seeking Him. It's called effort. A lot of people don't want to put effort. They're lazy. They want somebody to pray the blessing of God into their life. They want somebody else to do it for them. But when you say... You need to seek God in faith. You need to build your faith. You need to encourage your faith. You need to learn how to stand on your own two two feet, feet of faith and trust God and diligently seek Him. And God says that there will be a reward that will show up in your life. Come on, somebody give me a better amen. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. The reward doesn't come before the diligence in faith. You be diligent in your faith, there's no way that God will hold back reward in your life. Anybody who will just diligently seek after Him, anybody who will seek Him in faith diligently will end up blessed of the Lord. Because God is a rewarder. I said God is a rewarder. Don't you get jealous of somebody that's walking in the reward of God. If that person is godly, has been consistent, has walked for years, has has lived the Word of God, has been tithing and giving and sowing and never backed out of their walk with God or backed away from church and backed away from the, from the, 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 the word of God and that person is walking in the blessings of God shame on you that you would be offended by somebody like that or what they have you ought, I like to say that you should not take offense you ought to take lessons don't take offense take lessons learn get, get behind that person say I want to go where, you, where you're going how did you get to that place what brought you here Because I'll tell you what, you show me somebody who's been diligent in their faith. You show me somebody that has approached God in faith with diligence and kept doing it, kept doing it, say without faith it is impossible to please him. Anyone comes to him must know that he exists and that he is, he is, he is. 
He not might be, not maybe, not sometimes. He is, he is, he is. There's not, no doubting about it. He is the rewarder, the rewarder, the rewarder, the rewarder. I said the rewarder of those who diligently seek him in faith, in faith. You've got to diligently seek him in faith. You diligently seek him in faith and you will reap the rewards of God and the blessings of God in your life. That's how it works. That's how God designed the system. God is a faith God. He doesn't respond to tears. He doesn't respond to belly aching. He doesn't respond to complaining. He doesn't respond to, oh, everybody's got it better than me routine or the poor me saga. He doesn't respond to that. He responds to someone who will rise up with diligent faith and stand on the word and trust him and believe him to work things out in their life. And ultimately, you will reap the reward or the blessing that you seek, desire, and want in your life. Come on. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And anyone who comes to him must know that he exists. Yes, I must know that God is. But I also must know that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God wants to bless you for your faith. Anybody uses faith and diligently keeps in and on that move and that walk of faith is going to end up blessed with the rewards of God. I don't care what you look like, what it looks like, who said what, what's going on. It doesn't matter when you start expressing faith and trust in almighty God, the end result, and you keep at it, you keep at it, you keep at it. The end result is that your life is going to reap the rewards of God. But you see, everybody wants a shortcut. People want to shortcut it. They want to sidestep. They want to do something else because they don't want to diligently seek God. They don't want to perfect their faith. See, see, uh, to me, the most precious thing, you know, in my life, apart from Jesus himself, is this faith that he has given me. Because every man has been dealt the measure of faith. We all start at the same level. That's what the Bible says. He's dealt to every man the measure of faith. Everybody ends up with the same amount of faith in the beginning. And, and you have to grow that faith. And the way you grow that faith is by working it. That's how you grow. It's just like you grow muscle, right? The way you grow muscle, the way you look toned. See, I didn't like the way I looked. I felt like I had spaghetti arms. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I had a concave chest instead of a, I guess that's concave, right? Instead of a convex. Thank you, Corrine. So I had to work the muscles in order to strengthen them and to tone them up and to make them strong and make them look like something. Now they look like something. <laughs> a little bit. But the way you build muscle is by working the muscle. You got to get in the gym. You got to pick up the weights. You got to pump the weight. You got to work the weight. If you don't work the weight, you don't get the growth. If you don't work the faith, you don't get the growth in faith either. either. So the way that you grow faith is that you use it. Faith comes by hearing But the way it grows is by working it, by working it, by working it, by working it, by using it. If you use, if you use your faith for $5, when when the $5 comes, you'll be able, you'll be stronger now to believe God for 10. When 10 comes, you have strengthened your faith now to get you up to $20. When you get the 20, you strengthen your faith to get to $100. And then from 100, you can go to 1,000. And from 1,000, you can start to believe God for 10,000. From 10,000 to 50 to 100,000. And you get your faith growing in that. But, but you've got to work the muscle of faith. If you don't work it, it doesn't grow. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must know that he exists. 
and that he is a rewarder. Say rewarder. rewarder. God is a rewarder of those who diligent. Not sometimes. Not just once in a while. I mean, you know, for some people it rains and they don't want to go to church. I know we have visitors in the, in the, in the house today, but that's all right. They can handle it. You know, you, 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 something happens, you know, you, you, whatever, you get depressed, away, you just you, you cancel out on church. You never, that's not diligently see. You got to do this all the time. Can't tell you how many times I've come, uh, you know, gotten in the morning, I don't want to come to church. I thought, wow, it's a good day today. I'd like to go to the beach. <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with doing that once in a while, you know, for you, not for me, because I work. This is my job, you know. You think I, you know, this, this is what I do for a living. I got to show up, you know. But I want to be here. But there are some times when I, I don't. But I pick myself up and I say, Lord, I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to do it and keep doing it and keep doing it. Many times along the way I want to quit. Because why? There was warfare. There were challenges. There were difficulties along the way that made me think about quitting. But I keep going back to this verse. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must know that he exists. And he is the rewarder of those who diligently, diligently keep on seeking. Keep, you keep seeking God in faith and you will end up with a reward. Can I get a blessing? I mean, can I get an amen on that? All right. So with that, I wanted to go over to the book of Numbers in chapter 13. And talking about faith. And really the, the, the subject that we're, we're dealing with today, if I already give this a title, we'll call this the attitude of faith. What's your attitude? Do you have the attitude of faith or do you have an attitude of doubt and unbelief? Because only the attitude of faith is going to be rewarded and only an attitude of faith is going to reap the possessions of God that's, that's, and, and the blessings of God and the promises of God. So here in Numbers chapter 13, the story goes like this. The children of Israel caught up in the land of Egypt for 400 years and they were in bondage. They were making bricks and they were slaves and they were being whipped and they were being mistreated and starved. And and God said, enough is enough. It's time for my children to come out of Egypt. And and, uh, so God raises up a man named Moses. See, when God wants to take his people somewhere, he usually raises up a man, a voice with an anointing. The man, the message, and the anointing. Moses was the man. God gave him a message and he gave him the anointing. To bring it to pass. So Moses um, takes the children of Israel. And now through, through Moses, God is doing all of these wonderful signs and wonders. Remember, he took his, his staff, he put it in the Nile, the Nile turned red. Uh, he sent frogs, he sent locusts, he sent all these things, boils, all of these kinds of things to try, to try to prove through Moses that God was serious about getting the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. So Moses lines up the people and uh, gets them marching along the way and takes them through the desert and he gets them to the, to the, uh, through the desert to the edge of the Red Sea. He stands in front of the Red Sea and he looks to God and he says, now where am I going to go? What am I going to do? God parts the Red Sea. They go across the other side to the Red Sea. God says, great, they're rejoicing. The, the uh, Egyptians tried to do the same thing. They try to cross over the, the sea, the Red Sea. The Red Sea caves in on them, kills them all, wipes out the army. God's children are on the other side, safe, not even, a, not even a drop of water, not even mud on the ground. They went on dry ground to the other side of, of the desert. God said, I'm taking you now to a promised land. I'm taking you to a better place. See, I found what I, what I find in this is that when God wants to take his people to a better place, he usually raises up a voice in their life. He raises up a pastor. He raises up a man of God. Every pastor across the land, every pastor in, in America and around the world is a voice that God's raised up 
to help the group of people who gather in that house to live for God, to grow in God, to grow in faith, and to get to a better place in their life. That's really the purpose of a pastor, is to keep people moving in God, to bring them to a better place. And that's what Moses was to the children of Israel. He was like their pastor. So we're in uh, chapter 13 of Numbers, and now God says, I have this land that flows with milk and honey. This is an awesome land. It's a beautiful place. And, and I'm going I'm, I'm to bring you there. So let's read verse 1 of chapter 13. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each of the tribe of their fathers you shall send one man. So notice what God says here. He says, Tell these twelve, because there were twelve tribes, take one man from each tribe. Send them out to spy this land out. He said, This land that I am giving to the children of Israel. So in the mind of God, this land was already, uh, already belonged to the children of Israel. Isn't that interesting? In God's mind, this land was already theirs. And that's the way God is with all of his promises, right? You know, we read in, in 2 Corinthians, all of the promises of God are yes and amen. So every promise of God is an already, in the mind of God is already established as being done. There's no question about it. He said, go tell them that this is the land that I am giving to them. So... So Moses raises up the 12 people from each of the tribe and he sends them to go spy out the land. They go over to the land and let's read in verse 17. It says, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way by the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like the camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage, be of good courage, and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and they spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob. Then they came to the valley of Eshcol and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes and they carried it between two two of them on a pole. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. The place was called the valley of Eshcol. Because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. So just think about this. God tells them there's a land flowing with milk and honey. They go, they spy out the land. They see the grapes. They cut down a cluster of grapes. They put it on a pole that's so big and they have to carry it. You know, I don't know whether they carry it this way, that way, whatever it was. But they carried, had two men had to carry out this big cluster of grapes. So what God said was true. It came to pass, right? So he says here in verse 25, it says, and they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they showed them, they said, look, look at what we brought back. Now listen to what they said. And verse 27, and they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is, well, obviously it's going to be exactly what God said said it was going to be. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Now listen to verse 28. Nevertheless. Now there's another word that you can interchange with nevertheless. It's the word but. And you've got to be really, really careful when you're pursuing the promises of God in faith that you don't get your butt in the way. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com. 